millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm more than a little excited and more than a little nervous about today's guest. We are going to be chartering words and phrases with somebody whose comedic mark is as permanent as the pyramids. Jennifer Saunders has had as profound an impact on me as Mr. Pastry had on her. And believe me, that's profound. From Shrek to absolutely fabulous, she delights knee-high to grasshopper ears as much as mine. My personal delight reached its zenith when she decided to tackle wild and coward in Lady Windermere's fan and blithe spirit. I hardly know where to start, but I shall start, as ever, with Jen's bespoke poem. She talks about the lovely tickle when one's live on stage, penetrating footlights with her wit. If I counted my life's tickles at my current age, she'd tally more than all my notebooks fit. From parody to slapstick, she has really run the gamut, but now her repertoire extends to wild. A fusillade of coward lines and I as near as dammit revert to bladder habits of a child. Abfab has long sustained me with its lines practically seared upon my ever grateful matter gray. When the movie hit the screens, I over credits cheered until the ushers carried me away. I'm such a devotee of hers, I know I run the risk of tight-knit rhymes becoming flabby maunders. So with my last couplet, I endeavour to be brisk as I welcome Miss Jennifer Saunders. Wow, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Bonnie, it's just so lovely to see you. Oh, lovely to see you too. Oh my. Honestly, I've missed seeing people. Oh, I know. Isn't this heaven? Zoom is such a lifeline. I know. I, I think, I think for a lot of people, it's been everything, hasn't it? I mean, the way to yeah. see family and everything. And uh, yes, it's yes, it shrinks the world, doesn't it? Shrinks the world. It does. Oh. Well, this podcast Jen, is all about words, yes. and we often begin with mm. names. Mm. And Saunders makes you part of our patronym club of five because it's son of Zander. Okay, yes, I Um, sort of knew that, Saunders. Either that or I read once it was a kind of porridge, but I prefer the son of Zander. (laughs) (laughs) But with first names, it seems, now I'm a 
big lover of your memoir, Bonkers. And it seems that there are oodles to choose from. We have Foffy, Fur, <laughs> Jen, Jennifer, and curiously, Sandwich. Sandwich, yes. I don't know why Sandwich came. Sandwich came because Joanna Lumley and I used to send each other sort of silly faxes. And, and for some reason, she, I, I used to call her Miss Lumpy. And I signed myself sandwich, and it just, it just happened. And she'd sometimes be Jack, wouldn't she? Jack, oh, she's Jack Lum. And Jack, Jack <laughs> is because there were so many J's, and I think it was Ben Elton who always used to call her, say, oh, we are Jack Lumley, Jack Lumley. And then she just became Jack, and I now call her Jack. I think, yeah, there's a few of us call her Jack now. Jack. Oh, my. In terms of curious appellations, mm. what was Kitch and Tiles jolly nearly a name for? That was nearly a name for French and Saunders. <laughs> who, who would have been which, Jen? Oh, I don't. I, honestly, I, it hadn't. We hadn't thought that deeply about it, Tom. It, it seriously. Someone said, well, you've got to be called something because it was Alexi Sale. We were at the comic strip, and every night we'd go on. And he's saying, here's Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders. And it used to absolutely piss him off so much. And eventually he said, well, well, you've got to think of a name. So we went, oh, of course, yes, a name. A name like Spudulike. A name like Brickenbrack. A name like, and we could not think of a name. We could not. I think, it, I think it always came down to say, well, we're thinking kitchen tiles. And he just went on and said, here's French and Saunders. And we thought, that's not bad. Um, that's all. That'll do. That'll do, pig. <laughs> You said you said um, about performing live with Dawn. This is the loveliest line. I just adore this. That receiving that wave of laughter was like the nicest tickle, and later that it was almost like a kind of elastic tickle that you wanted to stretch and stretch. Is that why you always elected to have live audiences when filming? Yes, I think so. I mean, it was because when we first went to the BBC, we were under variety. We weren't under comedy. And in variety, which is why we always had to have a singer. If you in French and Saunders, yes. you had this always a singer. And that was our variety. Yes, because um, we're all sex with it. Yeah. And I think it was one department comedy and variety. I can't remember. No, variety and entertainment. So we were variety and entertainment, not comedy. So we had to do a sort of live show. We had to be like more like a Morecambe and Wise, more like um, a variety show. Yes. Than, yes. than a comedy sketch show. And which is why we also had dancers in the first series, you know, we eventually, <laughs> we eventually uh, learned the error of our ways. Um, but yeah, I think that was why, because, and, um, and all shows at the BBC then were with live audiences, all the sitcoms, all the... Yes, I adore that. It lends so much to affect. Oh yeah, so much nicer, because you get that real. You get those nerves, you know. And yes. It's that real sort of thrill of having to entertain the audience, sometimes to the detriment of the script. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jen, you have cited Mr. Pastry oh. as your earliest comic inspiration, mm. and actually, to me, it makes a lot of sense because. Envisioning him trying to get out of that euphonium mm. is very like Eddie and Patsy trying to get out of the car at your father's funeral <laughs> in Abtab. And do you think there is a golden thread that runs through? 
what from pastry to me from, yes pastry yeah. to pudding um <laughs> I don't know I mean but I do remember absolutely laughing my head off and I must have been very small because I, I think yeah I must have been early primary I mean maybe even before but absolutely thinking he was just the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life because he, he was just everything that would always end up covered in flour. I mean, <laughs> look at him now. He's a very unlikely kind of kids entertainer. It's quite yeah. bizarre looking. A sort of old man in a, in a hat and a funny moustache, always covered in flour. But he was a brilliant physical comedian. And after him, I remember loving Lucille Ball, who was the same. Oh, just God. always looked completely beautiful and immaculate, but could do the best pratfalls, the best yeah. physical comedy. Well, I've mentioned the physical comedy, but for me and all my chums, in fact, it's the script that's sort of seared on my mental retina. And <laughs> I mean, we quote it, we just weave it into our lives. I mean, if I talk rubbish, which I'm apt to do, my friends will say to me, oh, that's nonsense shit, darling. And I say, it's very expensive nonsense shit. <laughs> and uh, similarly, if we're pouring each other tipples, we'll say, do you want some more? Just a smidge. It's just, it's like woven through our discourse. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. You, you have your favourites. I was watching some and thinking, oh, do I still find these funny? And actually, I did find them very funny. I found particular, there were some moments that I'd completely forgotten. That, and I thought Julia was completely brilliant. I mean, I've always thought Julia oh. was the the sort of the centre of it, because without Julia, there's just this madness flapping about. Yes. It's almost like you do it for the disapproval. Yes. I think that's the thing. We always tried to crack Julia, you see. We always said, oh, let's try and make Julia laugh. And she never would. I think it was series four when she first cracked. Oh, my. Seriously. I mean, she would always be light, you know, after this. But in the scene, she was absolutely like stone. Like stone. We have wound the clock back to the 90s with AbFab. Let's go back even further as we get regional with Jennifer Saunders. Um, childhood was rather peripatetic for you, Jen, wasn't it? Yes. Um, my father was in the RAF, so we moved every three, two, two three years and went to various places. Um, she went abroad. We went to Cyprus and Turkey. Is that where you were impaled by a cactus bush? Yes, I was impaled by cactuses. I was quite <laughs> accident prone. I don't think I was very, I think I was very steady on my feet. Um, and <laughs> occasionally, I did. I got, I had boils for about three months after because of the, oh. the, the cactus spikes slowly coming out of me. Uh, yes, and so we, we went there and we went to Turkey and then various RAF camps. Was Merksham the final spot? Was that where you said it? Merksham was the, one, the longest one. And then yeah. we moved, my dad left the Air Force and we went to Cheshire. So I did my sort of most of my secondary school in Cheshire. And that secondary school, was that where you met what sounds to me like the real life Miss Trunchbull? Yes. Miss Dines. Jen, you have to make a film about her and you have to play her. I've never read such an extraordinary <laughs> character. Was, I mean, nowadays she would just be, I don't know if you get struck off as a teacher or just put in jail because she was <laughs> appalling. 
appalling. And she looked appalling too because she was desperately thin because she had an overactive thyroid. And you could see it. It was a goiter, proper goiter. In the days when you had goiters. <laughs> I think it's a simple pill you take to get rid of it. But she had this massive goiter, always wore short, short, dark hair and, and a gown, black gown, always wore the gown and had black Labradors in her office. I, honestly, it's so sinister. It's, it's so bizarre. I think about it at the time, it felt perfectly normal. But looking back on it, and I think she was a very, very odd woman. Yes. I mean, even inky cuffs were the gravest misdemeanor. Anything. A roll-down sock. A ro- oh. Literally, a roll-down sock. Could, you, you, would, you would be outside her office the next morning. And her, her hand would, like a claw, would grip you on the shoulder and pull you into the office. And terrifying. you would just, it was terrifying. And you would just be talked at. What, 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 what do, you, do you think? What were you thinking? Oh my God. That's not how we behave in this. And it was like a kind of torture. And she just took pleasure from frightening girls. Oh God. And she ended up, she ended up badly though, which I was quite pleased of, because she was named as a correspondent in a divorce case for the woman. And um, well, we all knew she was gay. We all knew because she was having an affair with the arcade teacher. Anyway, um, (laughs) we all knew. And uh, but anyway, so she had to leave the school. And as a leaving present, because I knew this, because my mother sent me the picture from the local newspaper. and she says, oh, you might be interested in this. Because normally all she sent me was, because I was abroad at the time, I was in Italy being an au pair. Normally all she would send me was what had happened in Crossroads that week. But this was, this, this was a particularly <laughs> fun. And she included this cutting from the newspaper, which showed Miss Dines being presented with her leaving present by two look, terrified looking third formers. And the leaving present was a shotgun. <laughs> very very i mean imagine thinking what should we give the headmistress as a leaving present let's give her a shotgun it's bizarre isn't it you know, i mean the portrait you've painted she probably used nine that was but that was probably be about 19 a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 76, that would be. So that's, I've, I honestly, looking back at it, it all seemed so normal at the time. And now looking back, you think, that was really odd. Then I think it's a film. I really do. <laughs> and I think you ought to play her. I really. you, know about the, you know about the cricket? No. Oh, oh, the cricket. Oh, my God. Miss Dines insisted that we had a cricket match on the first day of sports day. And, uh, you know, a few parents would tip up. Um, nobody was at all enthusiastic apart from Miss Dines. But we had to lay out a cricket pitch in front of the school. And Miss Barnes, who was a terrified little bird, um, who was the deputy head, had to be the umpire. And she was terrified of Miss Dines. And, uh, and the, the cricket match would ensue, you know, everyone fielders and a bowler. And it was like a second former was the bowler. And Miss Dines would, in full whites, white trousers, full flannel trousers, shirt, cravat. Cravat, cravat yes. Um, would stride out to the, the crease and beat the crease a little bit, look around, check out the fielders as you do, who's at silly point. <laughs> Um, and then, and then I remember one year the second former ran up, chucked the ball probably underarm, and got her out. Got her out first ball, and there was absolute silence. No one said anything. Everyone just turned very slowly to Miss Barnes, who went, "No, no, <laughs> no, no." And so the, the ball was thrown back to the second former and the match continued. I mean, it was bizarre. No. Oh, my God. No. There's so much material here, darling. I know. I mean, it's a bottomless well. <laughs> it's a bottomless well. <laughs> Miss Dines. Right. At this juncture, I would love you to translate what I call some oh. saunterisms. <laughs> First up, the fourth. Oh, the fourth is the toilet. Ah, oh. the fourth is the toilet. Um, but it's also a poo. <laughs> it's it's the fourth. I mean, it it started as the toilet and then it became a poo, because my grandfather was a don at Cambridge and in his college, which I imagine was Christ College, because that's where he was a don. Um, there were various little courts and there was a, you know, the main court and the other court and, and third court. And the fourth was a toilet, which was off the third oh. court. And so, so I'm just going to the fourth and then it became, I'm just going to have a fourth. And then it became a fourth and the fourth is a poo. Oh gosh, what a lovely euphemism. Mm. Oh, he's having a fourth. Menopatsy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Menopatsies. The Menopatsies were a, a circus, a mime circus juggling act um, that me and Dawn did at college. And we <laughs> decided to do a, go into the cabaret business at college and uh, appear as the Menopatsy sisters. And we just had black leotards, red swimming hats, white makeup, and we had the tassels. <laughs> This is, I thought, our best joke we've ever done, which is, <laughs> had our nipple tassels on the back. So it just looked like we put our costumes on back to front. And we pretended to roll along on balls and do, 
you know, tumbling and all this, all that sort of stuff. Very silly, <laughs> silliest thing we've ever done. Um, here is, I think, an Edmondsonism. Oh, that's my lamppost. Oh, that's my lamppost. Yes, Aid in his wild days once ran into and knocked over a lamppost in Soho. And I think it's in Berwick Street and you can still see it. And every time you go by, he says, that's my lamppost. I'm going to have to hunt it down. Because he paid for it. He had to pay for a new one. So that's why he says that's my lamppost is because he actually bought it, had to pay a fine and replace the lamppost. I was mugged once and there's now a sign in Vauxhall. And I have the same thing. I feel this sort of glow of pride every time I pass it. (laughs) What does the sign say? I was it. Uh, beware hot spot for muggers or something like oh, that. Right. Okay. Did yes. it say Tom was mugged here? <laughs> no, alas. Oh. Um, nice belt lady. Oh, nice belt lady. This was a share story. And uh, Dawn and I, Cher was so nice to us, you know. And she, whenever she was in London, she would either, she'd come and see, she once sat in the studio of AbFab for hours and hours. Um, and she once came to me and Dawn were at the Hammersmith Odeon, Apollo, whatever it is now. And um, she came to see the show. And Paul Roberts, who was our producer, was so overexcited. He uh, shares in, shares in, oh, shares in. We said, just relax. She's very nice and she's very normal. Yeah, but oh, share, yeah, share. <clears throat> yeah, I said, she'll, she's, she's going to come back afterwards. So just, just be cool, Paul. Honestly, just be cool. And he was so overexcited. Anyway, Cher comes back afterwards and is just the nicest person, cracks open a beer. And I could see Paul hovering and hovering. And he's thinking, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. And she had on a particularly nice belt. (laughs) And just as she was about to go, he went, Cher, nice belt, lady. (laughs) (laughs) Jen, Jen, I'm so glad you clarified because I was like, is this an adornment around the waist or is he referring to her pipes? Oh, no. Actual, actual, <laughs> actual belt. Actual belt. Nice belt, lady. <laughs> and Oh, my God. Oh, it was so sweet. The it's next so one. Mm. The next one here is actually, this isn't just my favourite analogy of yours. This is just my favourite analogy, full stop. You can't do a decent poo if you haven't eaten anything. Do you know what you're talking about? Oh, is it writing? Yes. I think that's writing because I remember someone once saying to me, because everyone always just go, oh, oh, God, will you just do the writing? Will you just do the writing? And they used to go, me and Dawn used to sit and read magazines. We'd go out to lunch. We'd do endless stuff, gossiping. Um, And they go, why can't you just do the writing? And I remember thinking well because you haven't you haven't got anything to write so yes. you can't do a poo unless you've eaten something you can't do <laughs> <laughs> it's and the fuel i've got to have the fuel who <laughs> seems to be a little bit of a recurring theme and it's rubbed off on your daughters actually that sounds disgusting <laughs> what <laughs> the poo <laughs> but but um Beatty's twitter bio reads Poor farter living in London. <laughs> <laughs> Apples don't fall very far, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> um, teleovision. Teleovision. 
Um, this, I think, was Patrick Barlow, who we used a lot in French and Saunders because he's just hilarious. Um, and he does um, National Theatre of Brent. And his character, National Theatre of Brent, is always speaks rather embroidered language. <laughs> and so I think, I think the television happened because he was playing the butler when we were doing our Batman sketch. And we had to invent another way of just, not just saying television or TV. So we always gave him an O in the middle of a word. So television happened. And, and we've just said it ever since. You know, that's a true name Because nickname is a sort of Chinese whisper of eek name. Oh. Same eek as in eek it out. Oh. And so early nicknames were always elongations. They were never diminutives. Is that right? Yeah, so it's a good old stretch, that one. Because um, we sort of do that with our daughters, which is BT is, um, oh, what was BT's? We had a long one for BT. And Ella was Ella Bella Bing Bong, fish can fly. <laughs> Ella Bella Bing Bong, fish can fly, she became. <laughs> BT, I've forgotten BT's one now. Yeah, that's a proper eek. Yeah, it is. That big... couldn't be eekier, that one. No, that's Ella Bella Bing Bong, fish can fly. Hmm. Um, oh, this one I just thought was lovely. Um, in the donkey. In the donkey. Where's that? This was this was this was actually after your mum's stroke. Oh my god! I know exactly. In the donkey. Yes. My mother had a stroke, and um, once we'd got over the fact, and we knew what it was, and before the ambulance arrived we just started to laugh because she could not say the right words and she was going oh I over oh, the oh mum mumbly bum and you go well, no 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 and we sat there with tears running down our eyes and I said listen if you go in you might have to stay in overnight I'll go and get some night things in case you go yes she, yes I said where are they she says they're in the donkey and <laughs> We were still laughing about that as the air ambulance arrived. <laughs> I they thought we were mad or that I was extremely cruel because <laughs> my mother said we just laughed and laughed and laughed. Well, I had um, rolled dolls, Desert Island Discs recently. And when Patricia Neal had her stroke, he amassed this sort of vast glossary of all her mannerisms. And she... <laughs> Past the snarf bandit, meaning the plate or whatever. Oh, and right. he made them into this glossary and they became the BFG's vocab. Isn't that extraordinary? It's amazing, isn't it? And now I can't read the BFG in the oh, same God. way. No. That must have been one of hers. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. I love that. Information. Lastly, mm -hmm. this appears a lot in the memoir. Flick in the V's. Oh, flicking the V's. <laughs> we used to start flicking the V's. I flicked my first V's probably in my first year going home on the coach um, from school. So flicking the V's. It was always a bit of a... It was terribly popular in the 70s, flicking the V's. You used I love to go past people in cars and just go, flicking V's, flicking V's. Uh, I love the but then what you didn't want to do is you didn't want to be flicking the V's off the back of the coach, back seat, out the window, flicking the V's at everybody. Uh, and then 
the coach stops and you go, oh no, hide, hide, quick hide. <laughs> because of, I love the apostrophe to that. Those girls at the back of your coach are flicking the V's at me and you go, oh, where are you <laughs> flicking the V's? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, Miss Jennifer Saunders. That is, it? And I'm not going to flick the V's. I'm going to blow the X's. Oh. Actually, that sounds like I'm fellating <laughs> on the lines, doesn't it? <laughs> I blow the K's. Blow the but I have absolutely loved it. Thank you. I've, I've loved it. it. It's so nice to see you. And you. And, and, and everyone sends love. Sue, Lisa, Harriet in spades. I know. Harriet, you're doing his show. Call me. Call me. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Well, oodles of love. Oh, thank you, darling. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Talking to Jennifer has reminded me of arguably the very finest offerings of French and Saunders, the parodies. Parody, etymologically, comes from para, beside, the same root found in parallel, and ode. In other words, a work running parallel to the original ode with a view to mock it. Of course, when mockery is as sublime as French and Saunders, it can only be a compliment. Well, we've reached our full complement of words and phrases, so I must bid you a very fond farewell. If you're hungry for more, remember, this is but one lentil in the dal. So do subscribe, star, and leave your comments. I read with avidity. In the meantime, oodles of love. This has been a Monkey Kingdom and Acast production. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.